Well, good afternoon. It is afternoon on Wednesday, August 5th. Uh, this is your KASB election roundup. Uh, that's Scott Rothschild and uh, Leah Flyter and I. We're going to walk through some of the results of the day. Leah, you want to bring up our show? I will. I'm going to put together some slides for you to watch as we move through this. Um, we'll get this going for you. And we might just start by, of course, reminding you that's okay, Leah. We know where we are. Thank you. <laughs> so um, yesterday was the, uh, the Kansas primary elections for Democrats and Republicans. Mm -hmm. The unofficial results are available at the, the uh, Secretary of State's website. You can actually start it with ent.sos.ks.gov. Um, that will give you the unofficial results. And some races are very close. Um, maybe too close to call. We know mail ballots may still be coming in. So what we're giving you is what is available, what we know now, be watching for possible changes. <clears throat> we would note that uh, advance voting turnout was quite high as was expected because of the COVID pandemic. None of us, we've all been doing other things today, have heard kind of the final total numbers. So whether actual participation is <coughs> was up or up substantially, um, we're not sure. So we know that. Um, Leah? Thanks, Mark. Uh, why don't you kind of tell us about kind of what we've done and what resources we're going to have available? Sure. Uh, we, we posted on our uh, re key resources tab of our advocacy page. Go to kasb.org, go to advocacy, and then click on key resources. And we posted an, an unofficial spreadsheet candidate list of the general election matchups as of this morning that we know are decided as of this morning. So it's, it's generally the folks who won yesterday if those races have been decided. And as we just noted, there's a few races that are going to have to be determined by counting uh, the advanced ballots because there are a few real close races there. So this is a preliminary unofficial list. This is Leah going through the list and uh, deleting the folks who did not advance to the general election, as far as I could tell. This is a good way to be able to, just a spreadsheet that, that can help you find your candidates and gives you their contact information if you're right. looking. So. Right. Well, Leah, tell us, kind of give us the overview, who, wh who and what was on the ballot this this. Well, time? we had a number of seats on the ballot. Uh, uh, this time we have uh, all 165 seats in the state legislature theoretically on the ballot. We have five, five state board of education seats out of the 10 total seats. We have four members of the U.S. House of Representatives and one U.S. Senate race. Just a reminder, KASB does not endorse candidates. We provide information on education issues to all candidates and we'll talk about that a little bit later. And we will be working to provide some briefing opportunities, either in person or virtually to candidates as we move towards the general election. And uh, we'll be communicating more with you and the candidates about that. And we are happy to participate if any of our members want to set up meetings with a candidate, say, uh, you know, a school board member, a candidate, and Mark, Scott, or I, we'd be happy to participate in those briefing uh, activities as well. Absolutely. So while Leah noted that 
all 164 or 165 legislative seats are on the ballot. That doesn't mean everyone had a race. <laughs> and That's so right. Going, going into yesterday, um, 33 members of the Kansas House, um, you know, which is about a quarter, uh, had no opposition. So 24 Republicans and nine Democrats were essentially already elected. Now, that does not mean that there may not be minor party, third party filings. There's right. always the possibility of write-ins, but those rarely succeed. And so, you know, you start with a position that a lot of people, even before yesterday, were already in. And we're going to talk about what happened yesterday that will affect that. That's right. Uh, you might, might also note that uh, of the 125 House members, 18 um, left the House voluntarily, either because they retired or were seeking higher office, and there were also four open Senate seats. So again, um, while we know a lot of people were decided, we also knew that there would be definitely 22 new legislators come January. We're going to be talking about some more new legislators that we know of now. Real quickly, we're going to go through uh, some of those races that we mentioned that are that were decided last night. So as you can see in um, House District 1, Michael Hauser is the incumbent. He defeated his challenger, so he has been reelected to another term in the legislature. Uh, Samantha Potter prevailed in the Republican primary for District 6 that was retired by Jean Vickery. In 8, we've got incumbent Chris Croft has been elected after... That's a Johnson County seat. Yes. And then in District 10, that's the Lawrence area. That's a seat retired by Eileen Horn, who is a Democrat. So that's a Democrat uh, hold there with uh, Christina Haswood uh, failing in that primary. And I believe that the new representative Haswood is also a Native American. And so that increases the numbers of the Kansas House Native American caucus somewhat right there. So interesting detail there. Another seat stays in Democratic hands. Lindsey Vaughn uh, is a Democrat, and she succeeds to the seat that was retired by Democrat Nancy Lusk. We do have a race here in the 37th district. Incumbent Stan Fraunfelter was losing by one vote as of uh, this morning to a Democratic challenger, Aaron Coleman, in District 42. And, and, and if, if that prevails, that one vote margin holds up. Um, Representative Fraunfelter was the only Democratic incumbent to lose in the primary That's right. member of the same party. That's a Kansas City district. Kansas right. City district, yes. And then Jim Carlskin, again, kind of the Kansas City area. Uh, he is a former superintendent of the Anganoxie School District. He lost in a Republican primary. This is kind of a, a repeat. This is a race that uh, has been run before, I believe. That's correct, right, Mark? Yes. Yes. <clears throat> yes. Representative Carlskin won four years ago, and then two years ago, he defeated Lance Neely. Um, Lance Neely was prevalent last night. So that's a school superintendent um, who was represented very active in school finance matters, um, who was defeated last night. On the other hand, uh, over moving, kind of coming around and east of, west of Topeka, Ron Highland, who is a past chair of the House Ed, uh, Education Committee, he did win his primary and he will have no opposition. That's right. We have another incumbent, um, Eric Smith, who advanced, and then we do have a, a Republican, excuse me, incumbent J.C. Moore in the Wichita area who uh, lost his primary to Brian Berg Camp who is now the representative in that district. And then in uh, 113, this is kind of the uh, Ellsworth-ish area. 
uh, Brett Fairchild is Ellen, Ellen Wood. Ellen Wood, thank you. Right. That's a seat that was retired by Alicia Straub, and so that's uh, Brett Fairchild is the new representative there from the Republican Party. Uh, he defeated uh, a, a local school board member in the Pratt area, so that keeps the seat in Republican hands. And uh, in District 115, we have incumbent Boyd Orr advancing, and District 124, uh, Marty Long, the incumbent there, also advances. We had five Senate seats that were decided last night. Uh, Bruce Givens is the incumbent. He is a uh, special education administrator uh, in his day job. He uh, was defeated by Michael Fagg. We do have a close race here in District 15. Ann Goddard is the incumbent being challenged by former Representative Virgil Peck, and that is too close to call at this time. Uh, Senator Randall Hardy was the incumbent in the Salina area, and he appears to have been defeated by uh, Representative J.R. Clays. Senator Mary Jo Taylor from um, Stafford is a former Stafford superintendent. She was defeated by Representative Alicia Straub, who is a former school board member, is a school board member or former school board member. Uh, county commissioner. County commissioner in, the, uh, in that area of Kansas. And then Senator John Dahl uh, prevailed in his primary against Lon Kishney. Any comments really or input there, Scott or Mark? Well, all well you might, go ahead, Scott. No, I was going to say you might note on this slide, uh, there's a lot of names there of uh, senators who won uh, four years ago uh, when uh, moderates uh, sort of had a surge and uh, helped uh, uh, overturn a lot of the tax policy uh, mm -hmm. that had been uh, kind of depleting the state of revenue. And uh, uh, Bruce Givens and Dan Goddard, Randall Hardy, Mary Jo Taylor was uh, among that, uh, that class. That's right. And so of those five, and we're going to talk about more, five, essentially five moderates who kind of ran as insurgents mm -hmm. against conservatives four years ago, generally lost to conservatives. That's at least the case in the first four, assuming that Dan Goddard goes ahead and loses. He, he was trailing by about 30 or 40 votes, so that could turn around. But at this point, um, Dan Goddard is behind. And so four of those five on this, that where, it's, where it will be decided were moderates who have lost to more conservative candidates. Two of them incumbent House members, uh, Virgil Peck was a previous House member before. That's correct. Okay, real quick, we had some House incumbents who had primaries and they are now advancing to the general in District 4. Trevor Jacobs faces Bill Meyer. In District 5, Mark Samsel goes on to face Roger Sims. In District 9, Kent Thompson goes on to face Alana Cloutier. I hope I pronounced that correctly. Uh, in District 20, again, this is a uh, Kansas City area. Um, Jan Kessinger was the incumbent there. He was defeated by Jane Dirks, and she will go on to face Mary Lynn Poskin in the general. In District 32, again, these are, uh, these are all Kansas City area seats. Pam Curtis goes on to face a Republican challenger in the general election, and incumbent Roderick Henderson will go on to face a Republican in his race as well. And that is Mark Snelson. In District 59, uh, House Speaker Pro Tem Blaine Finch 
based off against uh, Sherry Weber, who has uh, uh, some service in the legislature. He prevailed in that. Former House Majority, former yes. House Majority Leader some years ago. That's right. And uh, he prevailed in that, and he will go on to face Karen Rugg. Uh, John Barker, who is the or has been the chairman of the uh, House Judiciary Committee, he is facing Joe Schwartz in the general election. And Diana Dirks was the incumbent in the uh, Salina area. She was defeated by Republican challenger Stephen Howe, and he will face Jeffrey Zamersla, the Democratic challenger in the general. Any comments on those? Might just note that uh, of the last several slides, uh, uh, both Diana Dirks and Jan Kessinger were considered moderates. Mm -hmm. So those are two spots where a a more a more conservative uh, member might move in, but that hasn't been decided because the general race. Diana Dirks was also served several terms on the House Education Committee, not not recently, but was kind of active through some of the school finance debates. That's correct. Over the last six, seven, eight years. Okay. In District 82, we're now getting to kind of the Wichita area. Uh, Jesse Burris is the incumbent. He has a Democratic challenger in Edward Hackrot. Uh, the incumbent in District 85, Michael Capps, uh, lost his Republican primary to Patrick Penn. And uh, Mr. Penn will face Marcy Gregory in the general election. And in District 97, Nick Hoheisel will face Democrat Kim Webb. Senate incumbents who had primaries yesterday. Mike Thompson, the Republican, prevailed in his primary and he will face the Democrat, Lindsey Constance. John Scooble was the uh, incumbent senator in District 11, considered, I, I think, somewhat of a moderate senator. He lost a primary challenge to Representative Kelly Warren. And Representative Warren will now face former Representative Joy Coaston, a Democrat, uh, in that seat. That'll be interesting. Uh, you'll have a current representative facing a former representative, and former rep representative Coaston, you may remember, was a Republican when she served in the legislature, but then she switched uh, parties to the Democratic Party uh, within the last couple of years. And then in District 20 in the Topeka area, incumbent Eric Rucker was defeated by the challenger, Representative Brenda Dietrich, who you may know is a former uh, Washburn Rural School Superintendent. Representative Dietrich will face Rachel Willis in the general election. Any Just comments a, or, or yeah. input there? I'll offer a couple things. Can Scott can join in? Mike Thompson is a uh, has only served one term. He That's filled right. an, uh, an opening, uh, a vacancy that he filled. Uh, he faced off against a more moderate challenger and won, but that has been considered a fairly conservative seat. So that is not really a change there. But some saw it as a, a moderate might pick that up. That didn't happen. John Scooble again was one of those senators who ran for years ago, kind of part of the, the moderate wave. He he did not preserve his seat, but as Leah said, kind of interesting and, and be interesting to see how Joy Coaston, who won four years ago, lost two years ago as a Republican, right. is now coming back. And of course, the Brenda Dietrich seat is interesting because she really did uh, Eric Rucker, Senator Rucker, was kind of the only generally considered conservative senator who lost, but he was appointed. Uh, he he was an appointment two years ago to fill the seat of um, Vicki Schmidt, generally seen as a moderate senator, 
who was elected insurance commissioner. So that was kind of a case where a moderate senator was elected to another office. The local local officials put in a conservative who then was defeated by a more moderate House member who moves up uh, into that spot. So kind of a, kind of examples of here of that that tension within the state Republican Party between the more conservative and moderate wings. Well, and I think also uh, that the Democrats uh, probably in John Scoble's district, District 11, I think there's uh, been a large increase in, in Democratic voter registration. So that could be a very uh, hotly contested uh, race between Representative Warren and former Representative Coaston. Uh, Eric Rucker, as you mentioned, replaced Vicki Schmidt and Rucker was definitely from the very conservative wing of the Republican Party having worked uh, for years uh, with uh, Chris Kobach when he was uh, Secretary of State. In District 23 in the Kansas City area, uh, Republican incumbent Rob Olson prevailed in his primary and he will uh, face Wendy Budetti, the Democrat in the general election. And then in the Hutchinson area, incumbent Senator Ed Berger lost his Republican primary to Mark Steffen, who will now go on to face the Democrat, Shanna Henry, in the general election. And again, um, Senator Berger considered one of those moderates who was elected a few years ago and now has been challenged and uh, lost that seat. Scott, do you want to talk about uh, the State Board of Education races? Well, uh, there weren't that many races. Uh, there was uh, uh, Ann Ma, uh, Dina Horst, and uh, Jim McNeese uh, uh, faced uh, no uh, opposition in the in their primaries. Uh, or general. I'm sorry, what? Or general elections. Oh yeah, or general elections. <laughs> uh, uh, there, there may be kind of a write-in challenge to. Dina Horst in the, in that Salina area, but we'll have to see if the uh, if that will come to pass. Um, there, uh, Johnson County seat. Uh, uh, Steve Roberts uh, retired. Uh, did not run for re-election. Uh, he was one of the eleven or twelve people who ran for uh, U.S. Senate. I, he, he didn't do very well in that race, but. Uh, uh, there was a, uh, a, a primary uh, between uh, Benjamin Hodge and um, was it James Krug? Was that the name? David. David. David Krug. David Krug. David Krug. Krug. And uh, Benjamin Hodge won that. Uh, Hodge is a former legislator, and so he'll go against Melanie Haas in the uh, in the uh, Johnson County race. Very, Representative Hodge, we we worked with him. Uh, pretty pretty much aligned with the conservatives in the House. He then served, I, I don't know if he's still on, but served on the Johnson County Community College Board of Trustees before taking this. Uh, Steve Roberts has served two terms on the state board. Uh, while, while the state board has not been kind of as ideologically divided as some years, he would generally be considered more part of a, of a conservative bloc. So that seat, that that's not really a switch in ideology or party. Um, but, it, you know, it, mm -hmm. it could be if Melanie Haas were to pick that up, but it did not, did not change in the, uh, in the primary. 
Uh, Kathy Bush won her uh, primary and she will face uh, Betty Arnold, a uh, longtime uh, school board member in, uh, in Wichita. Okay, and as we mentioned, we also have some uh, congressional races uh, for, for grabs this, this year. Uh, U.S. Senator Pat Roberts is retiring after several decades of service in Congress. There were 12 Republicans who ran to uh, replace him, and Representative Roger Marshall, who currently serves the Big First House District, prevailed in that Republican primary with 40% of the vote, and he will go on uh, to the general election to compete against State Senator Barbara Boyer, who is the Democratic nominee. Mark or Scott, any observations there? Well, of course, just again, talking about the, the issues of uh, moderates in the Republican Party, Democrat growth, uh, Senator Boyer was elected as a House member and then as a Senator as a Republican. Two years ago, she switched and became a Democrat and now has won their nomination for the Senate. She'll go against Roger Marshall, who is the, the first district uh, congressman. That, of course, drew tremendous national attention because of the presence of former Secretary of State Chris Kolbach, um, who uh, I think it's fair to say a lot of Republicans felt um, was maybe too conservative or simply too controversial to perhaps prevail against uh, Senator, uh, State Senator Boyer, uh, partly going back to his loss in the gubernatorial election two years ago. So um, there was actually a lot of money and national effort to support Republican Marshall from other Republicans and evidence of at least some Democratic support for Chris Kolbach uh, as someone who might be easier to run against. So again, kind of complicated issues going on, but uh, there's kind of a, a, a pretty a long tradition of, of uh, Kansas senators coming out of the first congressional district. Um, so we'll see whether that prevails. It has been noted that Kansas has the longest streak of no Democrats being elected to the Senate of any state in the country. I believe it was 1932 was the last year Kansas elected a Democrat. So Senator Boyer is running against history, but she does have a lot of support, a lot of interest in this, but we'll see how it plays out against a, a, a perhaps a somewhat more, more mainstream uh, uh, opponent, at least than maybe Chris Kobach was perceived. Well, and, and also just look for a lot of national uh, groups swooping oh, yes. into Kansas because, uh, you know, this will be uh, framed as uh, because the, the, the national control of the Senate will be at stake is how it will be framed. And so right. there will be a lot of outside groups, as there were outside groups in the Republican Party primary, but there will be a lot of outside groups spending a lot of money in Kansas, which I guess is good for the economy. Yeah, good. <laughs> so yeah, advertising or mailers, it's a Yes, good if you enjoy <laughs> postcards, uh, you will get plenty of those in your mailbox. So as we noted, Congressman Marshall is running to replace Senator Roberts, and uh, that race now will feature former Lieutenant Governor Tracy Mann as the Republican candidate. He prevailed in that primary yesterday, and he will face the Democrat Allie Barnett, a former school teacher who won the Democratic primary yesterday. Any thoughts there, Scott or Mark? Uh, Tracy Mann was Lieutenant Governor under Jeff Collier, which was a brief term in office, but apparently uh, that was that was helpful for this position. Uh, interestingly, uh, his main challenger 
um, now I'm forgetting the name, uh, Bill, Bill, Clifford. Clifford. Bill Clifford. Yeah. Bill Clifford is married to state board member Jean Clifford of Garden City, who was not on the ballot this year. That's right. In House District 2, which is which includes the Topeka area and then runs uh, pretty much up and down the eastern side of the state, State Treasurer Jake LaTurner uh, ran a, a campaign against the incumbent representative Steve Watkins. LaTurner prevailed in that primary yesterday and he will face Topeka Mayor Michelle Vila Isla, who won the Democratic primary yesterday. Uh, Watkins has had some legal problems here in the last few weeks and uh, that certainly did not help his chances, I would think. Scott or Mark, anything to add there? Well, Representative Watkins won an extremely uh, divided multi-person primary two years ago with 20-some percent of the vote. It's just that it was so evenly divided. He came out ahead. So he didn't start with, you know, maybe right. a, a mandate. And, and yeah, his issues surrounding uh, residency challenges uh, just added a lot of complication. Uh, uh, Jake LaTurner is a former state senator. Um, and of course, I believe, correct me if I'm wrong, that if he wins, if he if he beats uh, the mayor of Topeka, uh, that would create an opening state treasurer, which the governor actually fills and could go to a Democrat. Um, we'll, we'll see uh, whether uh, that district, the second district, has elected Democrats before. It's been a long time, and and uh, Topeka would probably be the largest population center in that district. There's a lot of pretty conservative and pretty Republican territory on either side. I think that's another one we'll, where we'll probably see some uh, significant outside spending. Don't you think, Scott? Yeah, and I mean that that district goes from uh, uh, border to border, uh, and. Um, yeah, I think there'll be a lot of outside money spent. Uh, Watkins won two years ago against Paul Davis, uh, very close margin. Uh, and, uh, you know, a Democrat has has occasionally won that district. So, yeah, it's it, it's kind of one of those that flips back and forth and, and the national parties are very interested in it. In House District 3, which is the Kansas City area, the incumbent Cherise Davids, uh, advances. Uh, she did not have any primary opponent. She will face Republican Amanda Atkins. I believe Ms. Atkins is the former chair of the Kansas Republican Party, if I'm correct. Yes. So, so um, that will be a race that, again, we'll probably see some outside spending on. And then House District 4, the incumbent Ron Estes, uh, will face the Democratic challenger Laura Lombard. Again, that's in the Wichita area. In the musical chairs game of politics, Ron Estes, unless I'm forgetting, was state treasurer. That's right. <laughs> uh, and and he, he was he was uh, put into that seat to replace Mike Pompeo um, when when he moved to the the federal office. And so uh, Jake LaTurner was put into that seat. I guess state treasurers become, I guess, a pathway to to Congress in Kansas. Uh, at least at least apparently so. Okay, so. Our August 4th primary was yesterday, and so the next uh, set of election dates we need to, to remember are running up to the November general election. October 13th is the last day to register to vote in the general election, and the very next day, October 14th, advanced voting begins in person and by mail. So that will be uh, some dates to keep in mind, and uh, October 27th will be your deadline 
to apply for an advance ballot by mail. Uh, some folks are saying they will probably vote by mail in order to avoid what they think will be uh, COVID uh, concentration at the polls. Uh, remember that Kansas does allow any voter who wishes an advance ballot to apply for one. You don't have to have a medical condition or any other qualifying factor. Anybody who wants a mail ballot can do so. So that's certainly an option that people are considering uh, for the November 3rd election. Either way, whether you vote in advance in person or by mail or whether you vote on November 3rd in person, uh, please be sure to do so. Leah, we might just note that while it's probably difficult to hazard any guess about what the world will look like in October and November, um, or what elections look like, or what will be happening with schools, but there, the uh, uh, Secretary of State, Scott Schwab, has been really making a push to try to encourage high school students to volunteer as poll workers, as right. kind of part of civic engagement, and to just kind of replenish the kind of traditional sort of older demographic um, yeah. we have as often as poll workers, and uh, that may be even more of a challenge in, in these times. So again, we can't necessarily know what conditions will be like, but uh, we would certainly say if it is safe and appropriate, uh, KSB certainly supports the idea of encouraging you know, our high school seniors uh, and school districts to work with them on helping out in these elections, both 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 to help help the prod, help voting happen and conduct elections and for the experience of young people who we know traditionally are not very good voters um, in their younger years. And Mark, do you want to discuss a couple of election resources that we have on our website? Yes, if you haven't seen these, we've put together a, about a 15-minute video uh, presentation, which you can access on our YouTube channel, uh, and then it is also available as a podcast at these links, about 15 minutes long, and it's really designed to just be a general overview of what we think are some of the big issues facing K-12 education. Uh, it, was, it was done in June, but the issues will still be relevant in the general election coming up. So if you're interested, whoever you are, dear viewer, you're welcome to look at that. But if it's something that you think would be helpful to either candidates or voters who, who want to learn more, that's really what it was prepared for. So uh, if you can use those resources, uh, you're welcome to them and to share them. Looks like that wraps us up. So I want to thank my colleagues for joining us for this quick review. Again, note, uh, everything is still unofficial. There could be some changes and surprises over the next few days. We'll keep you posted on that. Um, but as we've said, uh, the primary is over. The general election campaign begins. Enjoy maybe a few days without commercials and mailers. <laughs> uh, they, will, they will start up uh, almost certainly. Again, many of you, your legislative races have been decided. But if not, this is still your opportunity to kind of get to know the candidates. And if you're, if you, particularly if you have a, new, a newly elected member, as some of you will, now is absolutely the time to get to know them, to introduce them to yourself, your role as a school leader and the, the issues and facts and everything involving your school district. And again, if you need any help from us, if you'd like us to participate, um, we, we're any, any of the three of us are more than happy to do that. Anything else, guys? No, just stay tuned to our various communications channels and we'll be keeping up to date on the, on the run up to the general election. Okay, thanks for joining Thanks everyone. Us.